We are beginning a brand new series today that we are calling Kingdom Living. Now, this concept of kingdom is not one that we typically think of, but Jesus thought about kingdom all the time. How do we know that Jesus thought about kingdom? Well, according to scripture, he talked about kingdom all the time. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And during this time, in fact, when Jesus begins, as Matthew is recording the words of Jesus, recording the ministry of Jesus, this is what we find in chapter 4, one of the first things that Matthew records about Jesus. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the what? Kingdom of heaven has come near. And then just a few verses after that, Jesus went throughout Galilee. He's teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the what? The kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. It was his favorite topic and it was one of his first topics to teach on. Can you imagine the people who would have gathered? They, they're starting to hear about this Jesus, but it's bringing up a lot of questions. As he's teaching and he's healing, people are starting to hear and it's bringing up questions. Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? What is this kingdom that he keeps talking about? Who can get in? I mean, is it like one of those things that we've heard about before where some people can get in, but then there's the rest of us that kind of get left out? Is it one of those deals? Can anyone get in? How does one get in? They had all these questions. And so to answer these questions, Jesus does this brilliant thing. He is the most brilliant communicator. Instead of giving them an explanation, what he does is he gives them a speech. In fact, it's a pretty popular speech. We sometimes call it the Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you're new to faith and you are new to Jesus or new to church, first of all, I want you to know we are thrilled that you're here Second of all, I want you to know that you're probably more familiar with the Sermon on the Mount than you realize. In fact, see if any of this sounds familiar. You have heard it that it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Does that sound familiar? Anyone ever heard this before? Are you with me? Okay, okay. Uh, but I tell you, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Yeah, we've heard that before. How about this? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or how about this one? Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's the, it's the golden rule. It's right up there with four score and seven years ago. Or I have a dream. It's, the words are very familiar. But Jesus is not teaching this Sermon on the Mount so that we would be familiar with his words. He is teaching so that we might live his words. Now, I'm going to tell you up front, we've got an eight-week series. We're going through the Sermon on the Mount. Some of the teachings that we're going to be looking at are hard teachings. It's right up front. I want you to know that. There are going to be things. There are things that I read in the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think I really wish he hadn't said that. Uh, if no one was looking, I might just tear that part out of the Bible. <laughs> Love your enemies. Now, if you have enemies, you know that's a hard teaching. 
Or how about this one? If your right eye offends you, you should gouge it out. Oh, we're going to talk more about that one. Or how about this one? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a hard teaching. And I really wished he hadn't said that, but Jesus said that. There are a few different options. When, when you hear the words of Jesus, and I'm not talking about just kind of picking and choosing, but when you really look at the words of Jesus, there are a few options for us. Sometimes it can create what we might call a crisis of discipleship, and we have a few choices. The first choice is we can despair. If you've come from a legalistic background, then you, you know what I'm talking about. It's that sense that the standard is so high, maybe someone can reach it, but I can't reach it. And so I give up. I can't do it. Just despair. But there is a, a second option. Some people don't set the standard so high. They just dismiss the words of Jesus. They don't despair at the words of Jesus. They just dismiss them. These are the people who say, this isn't the Sermon on the Mount. This is more like the suggestions on the Mount. And they just dismiss the words. Or maybe pick and choose. I, I, I'll take this. This sounds good. I kind of like that. Uh, but maybe I'm just going to pretend like that's not even there. Jesus did not teach so that we would despair at his words, and he did not teach so that we would dismiss his words. But there is a third option for the disciple who wants to live fully embracing the kingdom, and is this, depend. Don't despair, don't dismiss, but depend. Depend on the strength of Jesus to live the words of Jesus. Depend on the strength of Jesus to live the words of Jesus. In other words, Jesus is saying you can do this, okay? Scholars have debated this throughout the years. Is Jesus really, is he just kind of putting the bar up there so high that we just go, can't do it? Or does he really intend? Yes, Jesus really intends for us to live this. Now, we know we're gonna live it imperfectly. We know that we're gonna fail and we're gonna fall. But Jesus is saying, you can do this if you do this in my strength. And so, instead of beginning with, kingdom demands and kingdom commands, Jesus begins with kingdom blessings. What we're going to be looking at today, we sometimes call them the Beatitudes. There's eight of them. It's in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at these one at a time. But what Jesus is not doing, he's not about to give us eight different ways to salvation or eight steps to gain entrance into the kingdom of heaven. What he is doing, he's saying, I'm going to paint a picture for you. I'm going to give you some snapshots, not of different groups of people, but as one people who have eight different qualities to their life. People who have fully embraced the rule and the reign of Christ in their life, meaning they've taken the crown off of their head and placed it on his where it belongs. To say Christ is king. But then to, to live in that reality. It's not just a future reality somewhere out there, but to live in that present future reality now. So Jesus gathers a group of disciples. So what we're going to be looking at, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 1, where we see Matthew tell us this. 
Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus is king in the kingdom of heaven. He had every right to begin with kingdom commands and demands, yet he begins with blessings. It's almost as if he's given us a heads up to say, what you're about to hear from me is going to feel a little bit daunting. There's going to be some hard teachings But you can live what I'm teaching if you are living in the empowerment of God's blessing. And so he begins with blessing. Now, let's be honest. As we were reading through those, they don't really sound like blessings. Not according to our society. Our society says that blessed are the the powerful. Blessed are the self-sufficient. Maybe even the self-righteous. Blessed are those who have it all together. Blessed are are, are those who don't have need. And it's as if Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a heads up. In my kingdom, things are just a little bit upside down. And so these people gather around and he begins to teach them and paint the snapshot. You're going to notice that the first four of these Beatitudes are really about our relationship with God. The last four are really about our relationship with one another, and they build on one another. But the first blessing, the first kingdom blessing that Jesus points to is he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Alicia and I, along with Mike Oaks, got back late last night from a six-day trip in Honduras. We had an opportunity to travel with World Vision a vision trip where we got to see the work that we as a church have been investing in. Thank you for your generosity, especially through the Chosen program, and you made that possible. We traveled three hours up into the mountains. I'm pretty sure we covered like half of the entire nation. I don't even know where we were most of the time. Um, Google Maps, Apple Maps doesn't really work. Um, We traveled three hours on a winding dirt road, I asked our driver, I said, have you ever been here before? He said, nope. (laughs) I said, how do you know if, like, how do you know if we get lost? He goes, the road will end. (laughs) And at one point, it did. We're just going along and looking up, and it's getting, like, really bouncy. I mean, it's like, he's like, it gets quiet. Just puts it in reverse. I'm like, where in the world are we going? 
Not only in remote areas, but we also walk the streets of Tegucigalpa, Chiliteca, um, urban areas, rural areas. In all of those areas, there were extreme challenges. From lack of access to, to clean water, lack of access to education, access to, to good jobs. We talked to children, we talked to teenagers, we talked to the adults and the elders of the community. And in spite of all the challenges, what we saw at every turn is this word would keep popping up. Hope. Esperanza. Or someone would say, one of the pastors would say, we are blessed. We have blessings. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm still trying to process that, and I can't explain that, so I'm so glad Jesus did. And he explained it when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. See, Jesus is talking to a group of people who knew what it was to be marginalized, who knew what it was to be left behind or left out, chosen last. And, and he's speaking to them, and they know what that is like. And the first thing that he says to them, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who know what it is to be chosen last, to be left out, to be left behind. Blessed are those who understand they are spiritually broke who understand that based on their own goodness and their own merit and all the good stuff that I've done, as the Apostle Paul would say, all my righteousness, it's like filthy rags. It amounts to nothing. And so the poor in spirit are able to lay that down then to understand how worthy they are because of what Christ has done. You know, it's kind of like we were, we were traveling yesterday and... Um, Mike Oaks was traveling with Mike. Thankfully, Mike had access into one of the priority clubs there. He, I don't know, he had some card or whatever it was. I did not. He walks up to the desk. He flashes that card, and they're like, oh, Mike, it's so, we're so glad to see you. So thankful you're here. I walk up to the desk, and they're like, who are you? I said, I'm with Mike. They're like, oh, we're so glad to see you. Come on in. And I did. And so there was somebody, we were sitting there, and I was just thankful to, you know, have a little space to sit. And somebody walks up, and they go, can we get you something to drink? Can we get you a Coke, or can we get you know, water, or whatever? I'm like, well, yes, you can. And then someone brings a menu, and they say, would you like to order something from the menu? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. They're like, it's free. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have this right here. <laughs> Based on my status, I could not have even gotten in the door. But because I was with Mike, I had access to the entire place. Friends, can I tell you, that's the Christian life. We have no status of our own, no goodness, no merit, no good works of our own that somehow get us in. But praise God, we get to say I'm with Jesus. And because of his blood and his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus says, it's okay. He's with me. 
she's with me. And we get to walk in and have access to everything. Friends, that mindset is being poor in spirit when we understand. Maybe some of you, I at times, I struggle with, with pride. And maybe that's why Jesus made this the very first beatitude, poor in spirit. I grew up singing this hymn and when I was a kid. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, F-O-U-L, foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And Jesus goes on and he says, blessed are those who mourn. I got to experience this last week after the first service. I was talking with my, my good friend, Jesse. And according to doctors, Jesse probably should have left this earth about 17 years ago. And he has experienced health complications one after another, after another, after another for 17 years. And I was just, I was praying with him when we were talking and I was just acknowledging, I can't even begin to imagine how hard this road has been for you. And he says, well, it's, it's been a blessing to be sick. I go, Jesse, we need to back up the train a little bit. Can, did I understand you? Did, did I understand correctly that you just said it's been a blessing to be sick? He said, well, yeah, now, not the, the sickness hasn't been a blessing. But what God has done through the sickness has been a blessing. And he went on to say, I would not trade it because if it were not for the sickness, then I would not be as close to God as I am today. I can't explain that, but I'm so glad Jesus did. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn long-term sickness. Blessed are those who mourn at an open grave. Blessed are those who can mourn their own sin. Friend, how long has it been since you've mourned your own sin? Blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because they're going to be comforted by God. The blessing comes. So many of these blessings, we tend to think, oh, that's what I thought was a curse, actually. And, and sometimes the things that we think are, are curses are actually blessings. And the things that we think are blessings actually can become curses in our life. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. Then he goes on and he says, blessed are the meek. Uh, especially here in San Antonio, it's it's rodeo season. How many of you have been to the rodeo or you're planning to go to the rodeo here in San Antonio? Okay, there's quite a few. More of you than in the, the first service. Cowboys are a different breed, are they not? Got any cowboys in the house? Got any? Okay, come on, come on. Cowboys watching online. You guys are a different breed. I'm just going to tell you. I mean, who else climbs up on a horse named Loco who apparently does not want you on his back and try to ride him for like eight seconds. I mean, that just does not compute. It's fun to watch. This horse is so strong and so powerful, and, and he's just trying to throw this guy into the stands, and we just, we just watch. And then at the rodeo, there's this other um, event. It's called barrel racing. Okay, got some barrel racers? Okay, all right, come on. You should probably come up here and tell this. 
Because I don't quite understand this, but I know it looks like the same thing. It looks like someone on the back of a horse with a very different result. Because that rider and that horse almost seem like they're, they're one. And from what I've been told, I mean, obviously the, the, the horse, as opposed to the wild, unbroken horse, this is a meek horse. Now, what do we mean by meek? Meek is strength under control. See, in barrel racing, you have a horse that still has all the strength, could probably still throw the rider into the stands, but chooses to submit to the reins, to the bit in its mouth, to the, to the bridle. Even, I was told in between services that you can even kind of wrap your legs around and you can even use your legs. Is that right? To kind of steer the horse? Is that right? I'm not even sure if that's the right terminology, but I see the result. It's almost like they're one. That horse is meek, and Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek. i got to ask you, friend, how, how sensitive, how sensitive are you to the spirit and where he's leading? It's like the slightest little tug, and that horse goes where the rider is bringing them. How sensitive are we to the, to the Holy Spirit? Jesus is saying, in the kingdom of heaven, let me give you a picture of kingdom living. It's the person who is meek. The strength is still there. But it's strength under control. It's strength submitted to God. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I told you I was in Honduras. I got to see a lot of people who did not have access to clean water. I saw a father and a, and a daughter who had walked, and I know they were on foot, and I have no idea how far they had traveled, at a, at a water station where they knew that the water was clean because in some of these places, even the water you can buy it's from the truck or wherever, it's, it's not clean. So I don't know how far they had traveled, but I just, I just stood there and I, and I watched them walk up with their, their bucket and, and open that tap and start to get that clean water. And I just couldn't help but think, that they were not thinking that morning about anything but water. They weren't thinking, maybe we could just put the, put the trip off a day. Maybe, maybe at the end of the week we'll go get water when we feel like it or when it's convenient. No. They were thirsty. And it was the only thing that made sense. Jesus is saying that in the kingdom of heaven, those who are so thirsty, so hungry for God's righteousness... That's a snapshot of what someone looks like when they live in the kingdom of heaven. Do you hunger and do you thirst for God's righteousness, for God's will to be done, for the word of God? You do if you live in the kingdom. And Jesus goes on to say, blessed are the merciful. Now, you'll notice the first four, they're really about our relationship with God. The last four are really about our relationship with one another. But it's those who experience God's mercy that show God's mercy. The more mercy you experience, the more mercy that you will give. And the more mercy that you give, the more you will receive. This could be a physical mercy, okay? This could be someone that you see that has a physical need and you know it and you see it and the Spirit has shown it just to you and then you act on it. Say, how can I help? It could also be a spiritual mercy. It might be that you pray for somebody over and over and over, you just keep lifting them up. Or maybe you share your faith 
with somebody. That's an act of mercy. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Now, we're going to talk more about purity throughout the series. Jesus is talking to a group of people who knew a lot about purity on the outside. But Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. This kingdom that we're talking about, it's not about a show. It's not about showing people how spiritual we can be or showing people how, how, how pious or religious we can be. That's all on the outside. Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus goes on and says, blessed are the peacemakers. You can see how these build upon one another because if you're going to be a peacemaker, you're likely to be someone who is poor in spirit. You're likely to be someone who is uh, pure in heart, meek. Because who else is going to trouble themselves with conflict or somebody else's conflict? And second of all, who's going to have peace to offer? Can we just be honest? The peace that man can manufacture, we've all seen it. It does not last. But Jesus is saying, I've got a peace. The Prince of Peace is saying, I've got a peace that will last eternally. And the people living in my kingdom have that peace to offer others. Blessed are the peacemakers. And finally, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Jesus begins with a beatitude or a blessing that they really needed to hear. And he ends with one that they really needed to hear as well. Because that marginalization, that, that rejection, that persecution that they'd experienced, he's saying it's going to continue. At least for now, it's going to continue because of me, for my name's sake. And blessed are those who are persecuted. It's just all so upside down, isn't it? It's just so countercultural. Our society says, blessed are, are those who are liked and those who fit in and those who are popular and get all the awards. Jesus says, blessed are the ones who are persecuted because they're going to be the ones who receive the reward. Society says, blessed are the powerful. Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Society says, blessed are those who never have to suffer. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. It's so upside down. But I want to challenge you this week there is a way to live in to the words of Jesus. So I want to give you just a couple practical steps to take this week. Number one, begin memorizing the Beatitudes. Okay, we have the first Beatitude that this week that we can memorize. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Eight weeks, eight Beatitudes, memorize those. Specifically, because we want to hide the word of God in our heart. I think we've got some cards that we've handed out that will help you with Bible memorization. Bible memorization is really, really important for the disciple. Number two, memorize the Beatitudes. And number two, focus on one quality and ask God to nurture it within you. So God has given us these qualities of this Christian character, this snapshot of what it looks like to live in the kingdom. Choose one. You don't have to, to tackle all of them right away, but choose one that God is calling you to, that he wants to nurture within you. If you've been prideful, maybe it's the very first one 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Maybe you've used your strength and you've leveraged your strength to be domineering or to dominate or abuse someone else. Jesus says, blessed are the meek. You take that strength and you submit it at the foot of the cross and you use it to serve others. I don't know what it might be for you, but I want to encourage you this week to do just that. Memorize the beatitude, the first one. If you're an overachiever, you can memorize them all. It's okay. And talk to God. Talk to God about what he wants to nurture in your own heart. How many of you long for revival? Okay. How many... How many of you long to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven? How, how many of you long to see fire fall from heaven? We, we studied Elijah just last year. Listen, there's, just like the prophet Elijah, there's nothing that we can do to, to make fire rain down from heaven. There's nothing that we can do to force revival. But just like the prophet Elijah, we can prepare the wood. We can prepare the altar. Where's the altar? It's right here. And it's your heart. That's the altar. You can begin there. Prepare the altar for God's revival. How do we do it? We hide the word of God in our heart. How do we do it? Well, we ask God what he wants us to nurture in our own hearts. I want to invite you to stand and I want to invite our, our prayer ministers and our elder couples to come. And we're going to take just a, a few moments here. I want to invite you to pray. I want to invite you to reflect. Don't let this moment pass. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let's be sensitive to what he's calling us to right now. And let me begin our prayer. Well, Father, we, we submit to you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his words, even though sometimes they're hard to hear. Would you guide us? Would you nurture our hearts? Would you reach and, and touch the, the coldest heart? The one that has just gotten hardened. Soften our hearts. Help us to receive mercy. We pray in the name of Jesus.